Hi there, this is Ryan File from the Mail Tribune, and you're listening to The Insider, a podcast about news and the people behind the journalism. I started this podcast as a means to give a glimpse inside the newsroom and the more interesting and or um, elaborate stories our reporters produce. I actually recorded the first episode two years ago this month. It was on a commercial Christmas Eve flight into Medford that, unbeknownst to everyone on board, came dangerously close to striking the Siskiyou Mountains. Since then, I've talked to reporters and editors about a variety of stories. The math and economy behind sky-high air ambulance bills, police and lawyers who investigate and prosecute sex crimes, a fraud case involving a Medford wedding dress boutique, and Oregon's deadliest stretch of highway. Today we're on episode 20, and we're uh, leveling up in a sense, because today I'm recording for the first time in a place that isn't inside the Mail Tribune. Education reporter Kaylee Tournay joins me at the Southern Oregon University campus's Digital Media Lab. We're here because we wanted to talk to students Emmy Raleigh and Autumn McKetty, the co-editors of SOU's online campus newspaper, The Siskiyou. Kaylee recently did a story on how these two editors recently found out that their paper had a funding problem. An Associated Students of Southern Oregon University Committee, which oversees the publication's budget, had recommended that no money be allocated to it for the upcoming fiscal year. But that definitely was not the end of the story, and I wanted to have Kaylee, Emmy, and Autumn to talk all about it. Welcome to all of you. Thanks for having us. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Because of the nature of this episode, it's pretty unique. I wanted uh, Kaylee to tap in for me for a little bit and have you all kind of lay the foundation for everything we're talking about here. So take it away for a little bit. Sure. So Emmy and Autumn and I met up earlier this week to talk about some of these things, and I figured we could start with just giving us sort of an update on what's happened since. Today's Friday. We first talked Monday, um, and you all have been to a public hearing and kind of had some conversations. So what exactly is happening with the Siskiyou's budget potentially at this point? Uh, Autumn, if you maybe want to start. Um, Yeah, so on Tuesday, we went to a public hearing, which was hosted by um, ASSOU, which is made up of the Student Fee Allocation Committee and the Student Fee Budget Committee. Um, and it was basically just an appeal to reverse the, um, the budget, uh, uh, sheet that they had put out that allocated us zero dollars. So Emmy and I both spoke at that. We also had, um, a couple of some of our student writers come in to support us, a community member, a professor as well. Um, and that was, that went really well. Um, and at the end of that meeting, after everyone had, everyone else had done their appeal speeches, um, the um, director of finance for ASSOU uh, read a statement from Matt Sayer, who is the director of the athletics department. Um, and he, that statement said that he was going to allocate $1,500 of the athletics budget to the Siskiyou, which was a complete su- surprise. I have never talked to Matt Sayer. I've never met him. Um, and it was a complete shock and a really good shock to get um, that message from him um and since then we've we've emailed him a little bit just saying thank you and um yeah so especially coming from the athletics department that was a pretty big shock do you have any idea why he spoke up or wrote a letter does he have any connection to the siskiyou at all that you know of emmy there's two other directors in the athletic department that wrote for the siskiyou when they went to sou so that's part of the reason and they responded to our email saying that they have a much bigger department than we do so they I think our perception was that they could afford to offer to reallocate the 1500 and it was 
the two other directors in the department that also wrote for the Siskiyou, so they communicated to us that they understood the important of a stu- the importance of a student newspaper. So they've offered fifteen hundred potentially um, to help you out. Um, the budget request that you made to the student government committee was just under four thousand dollars. So this is not quite half of that request. So where does that leave you at this point? Um, well, <laughs> we are hopeful that um, we, because well, we just sent in an appeal letter yesterday morning um, to the chair of the ASSOU. Um, and you had included a bit of alumni-like mm-hmm. testimony and support, right? To, yeah. Just real quick, sorry to deviate, yeah, but no, real quick, where, what sort of feedback did you get from when you made a call out to the community to write in support? How many letters were we able to attach to that letter? So we attached over 30 statements of support. Wow. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. We're really, really grateful for Mm -hmm. all, for every letter. And I've read through all the letters that have came into my inbox, and it's just so inspiring and so empowering to read through all the different journalists that started at the Siskiyou. It's it's really inspiring. Yeah. And I mean, some of the people who wrote in aren't even associated with SOU or the Siskiyou. We have some from uh, the editor, editor of the Emerald, which is the U of oh, awesome. paper, yeah. um, as well as the, what was the SPJ, Southern Oregon, like, press? SPJ. The Oregon S- Territory yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also wrote in with, like, all of the board members um, saying that they were supportive. And so it's been... Oh, like like Emmy said, it's just been overwhelmingly yeah. positive. You sent off that all those oh, yeah. letters, that testimony, in your own letter. Yeah, of appeal yeah. To so Emmy and I wrote a letter of appeal, which is now on our website, um, assisku.sau.edu. Um, so you can read that, and um, it's just you know basically kind of a summary of what we said at the meeting, but um, just with more um, evidence to back up what we were talking about. Um, so there's like, including of like, you know, pictures of like our statistics on WordPress and that kind of thing to prove that like our views have been up since, um, since we both started taking over the Siskiyou and stuff like that. So, um, we're both really proud of that letter, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just really quickly before we kind of talk about maybe a little bit more uh, of like a bigger scope of things, I wanted to ask because another option that we had talked about earlier this week was the possibility to appeal to like the interclub council, which funds campus clubs. But the Siskiyou isn't a club as it stands right now, right? So I, w- I was wondering where we're at with that discussion. Yeah, so we are technically a club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who knew? We're te- yeah. <laughs> It's it's a little bit confusing because we're the only club on campus that pays our members because our members are staff writers. The short answer to what becoming an, like fully transitioning to a club would do is that we don't completely know. Mm. We know that ICC can only the most ICC can allocate a club is $9,000. So We could still request $4,000. It's just the aspect of no other SOU clubs pay their members. Do you have any sense of whether or not that would be a problem or something that the ICC would want you to discontinue? Do you have any sense of that at all yet? Not that I'm aware of. I 
I don't know. I sometimes I've had the feeling that maybe there that could cause some negative friction, just in that we would be the only club that is getting paid. And I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like that might be part of the reason why we aren't just like in that already. Yeah. Um, because it does have a level of unfairness if you're looking at it as if we're all just a club, you know. Um, but I don't really consider this as a club. I think it's it's it is a club technically, but it's a little bit different just because we're doing different things. I guess it's pr- yeah, like getting professional experience. Pretty yeah, much. right. I mean, exactly. It's, like a, right. it's a little bit different. Yeah, I would than... consider it more of a program than a mm-hmm. club. I mean, maybe that's the right word. The Cisco originated as a program, as a yeah. class and a program, and so it's kind of just coming from that, even though that class doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, we transitioned from a class to a club. But a club that pays our writers, yeah. so it's 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 all kind of linguistics of what right. we're called in the typical kind in of student life mm-hmm. stuff to navigate within yeah. like the college funding system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so many nuances. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to jump in here really quick, um, Kaylee. I was actually this is actually for you. Um, uh, why was this um, of interest to you as a story? Like, what made you want to get involved in uh, telling this this story? Well, I think. And I I think Emmy and Autumn, given the amount of interviews that they've had to do this week, they've graciously agreed to do with local media this week. Um, It kind of hits close to home in that I also was involved with student media for two and a half years when I was a college student at U of O. And a lot of, I think, the reporters who probably have interviewed you throughout the week had some brush with college media, great or small. And... So we're kind of able to instantly recognize the intrinsic value of those organizations and know that this is a thing that would deeply affect um, a group of students on campus, both the staff, no matter how big or small that group might be, as well as the people who read the stories. I mean, especially because they're something that we kind of touched on in, in our interview on Monday was the fact that the Siskiyou breaks stories. And that's something that we definitely want to talk about more while we're here. But, you know, college media has a unique proximity to campuses and expertise that I cover education full time in this valley. And I miss so many things that go on everywhere because my scope is so big. Meanwhile, these students are here on campus living it every day and they know best what's going on in their community. So I think, you know, that was why I wanted to cover. And then as I went about the process of reporting the story and talked to um, the president of the the student government, ASSOU, um, you know, she really helped me realize that this is tied to a much bigger story of funding at SOU, not even just within student government, but um, how enrollment numbers and even things up to the highest levels in Oregon, the Higher Education Coordinating Commission, all these things are so interconnected. And for me, the Siskiyou really became like, here's here are the faces of like one story because they're not the only budget that's proposed to be cut in full. And then even beyond the budgets that are proposed to be cut in full are others that are getting smaller cuts or half cuts or something. And And that's the story for me that because I'm a nerd, interested me a lot even beyond just the student media angle <laughs> totally fair and uh, on the other end of things uh, emmy and autumn uh, you know what was your reaction to hearing that 
now many uh, media organizations wanted to tell your story. I mean, what, what's that been like this week? I mean, it's probably a whirlwind, I would imagine. <laughs> it's been yeah. um, <laughs> it's been overwhelming, I think, to say the least. And I think partly, for me at least, <laughs> it just happened to coincide with the week that I had the most assignments. So today I actually am like finally feeling really okay about this and excited that everything is happening but in the past couple days every time anytime emmy texted me being like this person wants an interview i was just like okay i gotta go sit down and like i gotta go bury myself in sand for like 20 hours and just like (laughs) go into coma mode because i can't handle this but that wasn't because of what they were interviewing us about i was super excited to talk about it and anytime we were in an interview i was like okay this is really good it was just the like the amount of people that were like, hey, we want to talk to you, was just like, oh my god, so many. Yeah, I agree. The amount of scheduling has been <laughs> overwhelming this week compared to the rest of my time at SOU. <laughs> but besides that, I would say I'm really flattered. Um, it's really important to get these stories out. I think student media is really important and hearing student voices is really important. Um, and literally exactly what Kaylee said about students being so much closer to um, the politics of campus. Um, So yeah, I'm, and I'm also really grateful that, um, that it's come to the attention of so many media outlets. I think that's really going to be in our favor as well, Mm -hmm. because we've been, and we were interviewed by somebody from DC um, on Tuesday from the Student Press Law Center. I don't know when that story is going to come out, but I'm really excited to hear yeah, that. Yeah, I one. think it will be good. So another aspect of this whole story is the fact that this is not the first time that the Siskiyous faced this possibility of going without funding, and I'm curious about how that uncertainty has affected you guys um, as you've been kind of walking through it this year yourselves. I don't know if you've been on staff when the Siskiyou has faced defunding before. It's happened twice at least in the past decade. I just have pretty much old Mail Tribune archives to go through um, that to base that off of. So I know it at least happened in 2014 and I think again in 2016. Um, and I'm curious if like what what your thoughts are about that, about that uncertainty that sort of persisted throughout like uh, many years at this, you know, what we're all talking about as a important institution and part of campus. What does that feel like to have that be so uncertain? Um, so I think there's, for me, there's kind of two elements of that. There is the uncertainty, but then there's also the resilience factor of we have made it through these difficult times. I mean, we made it through transitioning from a print newspaper to a fully online newspaper and then from a class to a club and then there's been other instances of the ones you mentioned were the biggest ones and just the whole uncertainty of whether student fees will allocate us our full budget or not has always been relevant. Um, Last year I was a staff writer and I honestly didn't have much of a sense of what was going on with the budget just because the editors both dealt with it. So they didn't really say it to us. And we got our funding last year. I know that last year there was a chance that we weren't going to receive our full funding and our editors made a backup plan for if that didn't happen. 
but we did get enough funding to keep working at the same level. I agree with what Emmy said. I think there is definitely like the I mean the element of uncertainty I think is unfortunate, but at the same time there is the resiliency and like I think also just on the the aspect that like every person who is a journalist or has is done something in the media can relate to that feeling. Um, like I was, I was having an interview with someone, um, I was interviewing someone yesterday for the paper and he's a musician and I was telling him about our whole thing and he was like, oh yeah, I've been there. Like totally know what you're going through and was just like, you know, trying, being really supportive and it was really nice to get that. I mean, again, getting that like support from a complete stranger who's I've never met. Um, and so I think having that, like that, that comes with the resiliency of like knowing that you're not completely alone in that it is a little bizarre because i haven't it's like we're in we're a program that's been around for so long and i have only been here since for a year <laughs> like only been part of the paper for a year so it's it's this kind of weird thing of like we have all this history that past editors and the past student governments have carried on and it's like still in the dynamics but um it's like sometimes it seems like I kind of have blinders on to like what's going on this week like what stories are we putting out this week what are we doing like what's happening next Monday with the budget what's happening on Tuesday with the budget um so it's kind of it's really interesting to put that in the perspective of like this is a historical Mm -hmm. conflict of funding yeah Um, I think it's definitely hard to like take a step back mm -hmm. and look at that from that angle because I think both of us are very much like okay this week this is what's happening and the it's actually almost overwhelming to take that step back and be like look at all this other things that we've had to deal with and that the Cisco has dealt with in the past um rather than just being like it's Wednesday what am I doing (laughs) that Um, makes sense I think you know that's like like, that's like newsroom culture yeah Yeah. it's hard to get that chance to step back look at the big picture of like the organization and think like what is the stability take stock of that and then what could you do to try to help shore up that stability Mm -hmm. I think my own experience working at a different student paper in Oregon um, made me it made me realize how everyone's just sort of at a different point everyone you know where you are and the organization that you're working at they're just going to have different like levels of like support and how institutionalized is the support and how strong is it and how many like professional staff does it involve versus it all being or a lot of it being on the shoulders of students who have responsibilities like beyond class now taking on the editor editor responsibilities so that was that's been an interesting part for me of reporting that story and thinking back to my own college media days and um, just sort of seeing how different those experiences are. Um, but you were talking about resiliency and I think that that kind of leads us really nicely into this question of, um, what you're proud of that the Siskiyou has accomplished in the time that you, both of you have been involved. Um, you know, the stories that you've broken or the stories that you, feel like had particular significance to your community, maybe the partnerships that you've um, embarked on or um, yeah, any kind of things that highlights that you'd want to share with us about with about from the Siskiyou. 
I think before we get into the highlights, I want to say that we have gone through a lot of, we've kind of overcome a lot of obstacles this year. We wrote this in the appeal letter, but we had a co-editor resign earlier in the fall, and then we had a social media manager resign. Our normal faculty advisor has been on sabbatical this year. Um, We lost our newsroom. We're still working on overcoming the fee. But I think besides that, we have... We broke the lice story, which um, that, the impact of breaking that, I could say we definitely have both seen the impact of that. And I think general (laughs) student body has seen the impact of that too. I mean, it's literally everywhere I go, someone says something about body lice in the (laughs) library and I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) tell us, briefly tell us a little bit more about what that story is exactly and how you broke it. Someone I worked with told me that writing about the body lice would be a good idea because the employees of the library were aware of it and so were the student employees but the general student body wasn't and the no one in the school outside of the library employees were talking about it there was caution tape taping off sections of chairs since finals week and then again when we came back in winter term they eventually told us it was body lice, and then one of my coworkers told me it would be a good story, and even though it's not really investigative journalism, we kind of just wanted to get the word out and say... Public service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just say, there's body lice in the library, so so I just pitched it at the next meeting, and a writer picked it up and got an interview or two. We also had a anonymous student actually email us too about it because they investigated it more and went to the librarians and asked them what's going on so they were they were anonymous but they wanted the siskiyou to write about it too i think that was definitely one of our at least this quarter pieces that we were pretty proud of because they i mean it, it definitely had a big impact on social media a lot of people commenting retweeting all that kind of stuff um which is also thoroughly entertaining because a lot of people are just being like, oh my God, I'm never going to the library. So that was kind of funny. Um, And yeah, we also published um, a story about the, uh, there was a photo put up on the DACA um, page on the SOU website um, about undocumented students. And there was a photo of students from the Latin Student Union were put up on there with no caption or anything. So it kind of gave the impression that they had like put together a bunch of undocumented students potentially and taking a photo and put them up there they weren't undocumented they're just in the latin student union so a student tweeted out about that and had requested that the sou take it down which they did um but we had uh we pitched that at the meeting because we wanted to get that word out there because it was a really not okay move and uh, we interviewed that student and a couple others and i think the director of the lsu as well um which we that one went pretty well i think yeah so that was another one we were pretty proud of with all this in mind uh what what's next for you guys um obviously this isn't over yet but uh i mean let's let's you know do hypotheticals best case scenario happens what's what's next um best case scenario is we get our full budget Mm -hmm. and in that case we hope to keep writing first of all all our staff will keep writing and then we want to expand our staff we want to hire more writers 
Um, we want to get, this year we want to get more equipment. We want to get our own camera, tripod, recording. I think we want to try and flesh out, I mean, definitely flesh out our staff and everything, but then also flesh out, like what she said about equipment and other things. We recently just ordered um, lanyards that have the Siskiyou on them so that people can go to like events and stuff and they have a press pass, um, that kind of thing, just to help students feel even more like they're doing a job um, rather than just a club, you know? Um, and I think, I personally, in other jobs that I've done where I've had the press pass, I think that just adds an element of like, ooh, I'm a professional. Um, so, I mean, and I think also, I think you were asking about relationships with other, like, outside sources and stuff, and I think hopefully we'll be, um, like, at least with the, there's a group called the Ashram Folk Collective in Ashram, which does music and stuff, and so we have a pretty good relationship with them at the moment, because we cover almost everything that they do. Um, and that will obviously be continuing and hopefully will, there will be some other people, um, at, like besides Ashram Folk Collective that we can work with in the future about like covering events, like whether they're clubs on campus or, um, outside, something like that. I, I'm also curious if the, if this whole process has, has changed your perspective, uh, um, and sort of outlook on journalism as a whole in any way. Like, are, are there any things that, uh you're coming away with this just sort of like lasting changes to your whole perspective and outlook? I would, for me, I would say yes. Um, I've been, I felt really empowered this whole week. Um, I think over the weekend we were both doing some kind of like still in panic mode things, but this whole week we felt really empowered. Mm -hmm. Um, the whole entire outpouring of support is just amazing. Um, and then writing the appeal letter for both of us and the, what other things did we have to? The statements? The, the letters to the, letters from, letter from the editors. I think those were both really empowering processes too. And writing our statements mm -hmm. at the hearing. Um, I mean, we really, we really did have to go in and examine like, why is this important? Why do we deserve funding? what have we done this year that's important and I think writing that all out was a really rewarding experience um, because it really made us made I can only speak for myself but I feel like we're on the same page mm -hmm. that it made us realize the importance of journalism and student journalism in particular yeah I and mean, I think also it kind of just made us aware of the like vast network of journalism yeah. and how it is kind of a like when one starts getting you know snapped down the rest of it come everybody else comes up and is like no don't do that like we're here to support you and that I mean I think I kind of spoke about that earlier just that like that feeling of being supported by people I didn't know from all over the world was like overwhelmingly amazing just I've never really had that experience before and like and like Emily was saying, being able to look in at myself and seeing like what I've gained from the Siskiyou and what I can see that our writers have gained from working at the Siskiyou has just been like super empowering and learning, like just learning the stuff about myself and like what I value in having like in student journalism and stuff like that is, it's been really eye-opening, I think. Do you have any sense that this uncertainty that you've been experiencing as leaders of the the paper walking through this funding uncertainty for like the third time this like in the past decade, do you feel like it might lead you to look into or try to pursue any way of 
funding the Siskiyou in a, in a different way. Do you think that's a conversation that you might be able to have, want to have, start at all with the communications department, with your faculty advisor at all? I think yes. Um, if I'm correct, the Daily Emerald is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. It is. So that's really interesting. I don't know how feasible that would be at SOU, just considering how small we are and then how small the paper is. Um, but kind of our plan C is fundraising ourselves and selling ads. Yeah, I think if we if we can do ads in um, in there, I think we can make a huge difference. I mean, someone the other day suggested we do ads for dispensaries, which <laughs> is actually a pretty good idea. Um, Emerald does that. Yeah, I mean, I think we could do ads for dispensaries and restaurants and cafes and stuff that are around campus, you know, or not even just around campus. And again, working with like Ashram Folk Collective, I know that they've talked about doing like student discounts for tickets, um, doing stuff like that anything yeah i think that we would be able to find a lot of yeah. revenue through that yeah and we've we've already had some emails since we've been editors that are press releases technically mm-hmm. but are more like ads so kind of getting the whole selling ads thing off the ground would be beneficial almost regardless of whether we get the funding through student fees or not mm-hmm. is there any advertising right now no mm-hmm. none i think we used to do that maybe i mean i know that in the printed version there were in the ads. printed version i don't know yeah, about, in the printed version uh, but i'm sure that we could figure out some way of doing that yeah on the online version but we've also talked about doing a printed version like once a month yeah but that's just like up in the air we haven't yeah. no solid plans about that yet would be really cool though yeah <laughs> is there anything else you guys wanted to add that we didn't touch on you think is important to mention I think just thanking everybody who put in statements, like, it's just been amazing to have that support. So, and they're still coming in, which is great and also kind of sad because we sent in our appeal letter already, so we can't do it. I could just read them and make me feel happy, but. (laughs) Yeah, we're really grateful for all the support we've received. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today and uh, best of luck. We'll definitely be keeping an eye out for new developments for sure. Thank Thank you. You can listen to other Insider Podcast episodes at mailtribune.com slash podcasts slash the dash insider. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just search Mail Tribune. You've been listening to The Insider. Thanks for coming inside. See you soon.